For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Good morning and uh, welcome. Uh, it's great to be here once again. It's, uh, yeah, it is, it is what it is. It's great that we can still gather. Uh, Notice-wise, I've not heard of any birthdays this week or today. Um, but normally, as, as normal, we've got prayer tonight on Zoom from 7 till 8 o'clock. If you want the code to just come and pray as we pray for our church, our town, and pray that God will just uh, move in us and show us where he wants us to go. That's 7 o'clock till 8 o'clock on Zoom this evening. But then also, uh, a new thing starting today, and hopefully the code will come up on the screen as I'm speaking. Um, after the service this morning, if you want to be receive prayer, normally in a church service we have a, a prayer team. Well, we've got a, a prayer team who are all geared up ready today. Uh, there's a team of four or five of us who from, from about just after 12 o'clock till about half past 12, we'll be in a Zoom room. And if you want to come and receive prayer, then the code is there. There's no password today. Um, just come and we'll pray with you and for you and listen to God on your behalf. Uh, if that's something you want to receive, then please join us after the service, after the last song. The room will be opened at just after 12 o'clock. Uh, it'd be great if anyone wants to access that and receive prayer this morning. Okay, Brill. Let's just pray for God's word as we start. Thank you, God, that your word is as relevant today as it was thousands of years ago. Father, I thank you that today in Barrow we can hear your voice and I pray today as we listen to your word, I pray, Lord, that you will speak directly into our hearts and help us to act on it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're going to continue our series in 1 Thessalonians. We're coming towards the end of the book. It's only five chapters long and today we reach chapter four. And today I want to talk about repetition Repetition, repetition. You know, one of the things that struck me as I thought about repetition is the many, many songs that we listen to. You know, I, I could read you some lyrics from a song of, of my teenage years, and it went something like this. No, 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 there's no limits. And, and then it goes again. No, 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 no. No, no, there's no limits. Quality word writing. You know, the, the teens of today haven't got the wordsmiths that we had when I was younger. And um, actually, I wanted to play you two little bits of songs. Bill Withers. You may well know Bill Withers. Uh, it's what you get when you put a duck in a microwave, apparently. Uh, Bill, it's Bill Withers. There you go. He turns into a pop star. Don't do that, please. Don't do that at home. Uh, but Bill Withers is the master of repetition. And uh, here's one of his songs, just from about two and a half minutes in, two minutes, 48 seconds, apparently. Let's just have a listen. Look at you, and I know it's gonna be a lovely day. I think you get the 
message, just one look at you, and I know it's got to be a lovely day. I don't know how many times he says it, but in that case, he repeats that section of the song for a minute and about a minute and a half. He sings, lovely day, lovely day, lovely day, lovely day. I'm sure that's how Ros feels every morning when she wakes up and sees me. Just one look at me, and she knows it's going to be a lovely day. That's right, dear, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, and Bill Withers again. Here's another one of his fav- famous songs, Ain't No Sunshine. And I know, 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 He repeats it. He wants to get the message across to whoever he's singing to that he knows. I don't know what he knows other than the fact that there's no sunshine when she's gone. So there we go. Repetition gets the message across. I could have played Simply Red this morning. Morning, Money's too tight to mention. In which he goes, I'm talking about money, money. I'm talking about money, money. I'm talking about money, money. And he goes over and over again. And repetition is something that sometimes we need. Twyla Tharp was a dancer and an Oscar winner and a choreographer, and she said this, that a dancer's life is all about repetition. A dancer's life is all about repetition. Norman Peale, an author and American minister, said this, uh, repetition of the same thought or action develops into a habit, which repeated frequently enough becomes an automatic reflex. So repetition is good. Reggie Jackson, a baseball player for the Oakland A's in America, said this, a baseball swing is a very finely tuned instrument. It is repetition, more repetition, and a little after that. Are you getting the message this morning? Repetition is important because quite often we don't get the message first time. Quite often we need it drumming into us. As I read this passage, I was reminded of language that my mum uses. Paul speaks a little bit like my mum. Hello, mum, if you're watching. You know, I've told you once. How many times do I have to tell you? Paul uses that sort of language in when Thessalonians chapter 4 is turned into my mother. I've told you once. I've told you before. I'll keep telling you because this is the way we need to be. So this morning, if we get nothing else this morning, remember that God wants to repeat and repeat to you today his love, his message of love and hope for you. 1 Thessalonians shows us our hope, which is in Jesus, and his glory in his return. So let's read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're going to read from the message version in a few little chunks. It says this from verses 1 to 5. One final word, friends. We ask you, urge is more like it, that you keep on doing what we told you to do, to please God, not in a dogged religious plot, but in a living, spirited dance. You know the guidelines we laid out for you from the Master, Jesus. God wants you to live a pure life. Keep yourselves from sexual promiscuity. Learn to appreciate and give dignity to your body, not abusing it, as is so common among those who know nothing of God. I'm going to stop there. This passage this morning talks about honouring your body, honouring yourself, 
And Paul says, keep on doing the right thing, but with the right focus. That's key, to keep on doing the right thing, but with the right focus. I love that phrase that he uses in the message version. We're to be obedient, but it's not a dogged religious plot. It's a living, spirited dance. There's a real difference there, a real contrast. Not a dogged religious plot, but in a living, spirited dance. If you ever get lucky enough to see me on one of my five-kilometre runs that I'm doing at the moment, I sometimes wear my old Springmount Youth Team sweatshirt, which has a cross on the front, and ask me on Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, which is asking you'll be, you'll be given, seeking you'll find. So actually, sometimes when I'm doing my 5K runs, it might look a bit religious, because I've got a cross on. But I tell you now, it definitely looks like a dogged plod. You might see me, and I feel like I am doing a dogged plod along. I do not set out before I go on a run thinking, yes, I'm going on a run. I cannot wait to go and, and run for half an hour or however long it is. I can't wait. I don't think like that at all. I know I have to do it. And actually, it sometimes feels like a dogged plod. I count down every half kilometre to the very end. Every time that lady whispers in my ear, you've run half a kilometre. It makes me feel good because I know that's half a kilometre less than I needed to do at the beginning. I know that I have to do it. I have to do that run. And I know that I have to do it three or four times a week in order to keep my fitness. I know it's good for me. And I know I need to repeat it. That is not what God wants necessarily. He wants us to be obedient. He wants us to be holy and obedient. In fact, he wants us to be wholly obedient. And he wants us to keep doing the right thing. But it doesn't need to be a dogged religious plod. However, sometimes life can feel like that, especially at the moment. Maybe you're thinking right now, but Johnny, life does feel like a dogged religious plod right now. We can feel tired. We can feel lethargic. We can, be, we can feel slow and isolated, and we can feel so low. But sometimes we need to recognize what God has said, and he keeps saying, and he keeps repeating, and we need to do it with the right focus. Do you know, I've been encouraged once again by my mentor to make sure that I am spending some time in each day just being still. Some time in each day just to sit, even if it's just for a few minutes, but to spend time each day to sit and focus on Jesus in the quiet, in the stillness, to listen, to breathe. You might think that happens naturally, and it does, but to breathe and really think about where I am to refocus my eyes on Jesus, to listen to and sing some worship music, to sing some praise like we've started this morning with, led by Paul, to listen and sing some praise. Don't just listen to it and let it go over you. Shout it out, sing it, point it to Jesus, to read more and to spend more time with him. Do you know, when I do those things that I know I've been told time and time again, I've been told it's good, when I do those things, life doesn't feel quite as dogged a religious plot. It does feel more spirited. It does feel more like life. And it does feel more like a dance. You don't want to see me dance, but anyway, it's worse than me running. It feels refreshing. Have I been told to do it before? Yes, I have. 
Have I been told to do it again and again? Yes, I have. But do I always let that sink in? No. Paul emphasizes to the philosopher. I'll start again. Paul emphasizes, don't laugh at me. Paul emphasizes to the Thessalonian church that it's not just a routine, that life with God is not just a habit that you'd get into and it's a rut. It's a spirited living dance. It's not just a routine because they said so. It's a, it's a good thing to focus on because it leads to life. When we push against God at his best, life is going to feel like plodding. When we push against those things he's asked us to do, life is going to feel like plodding. And yet he came to give us life to the full. God wants us to be holy and obedient and wholly obedient. Not because he's a dictator, not because he wants to boss you around, but because he loves us and because he cares enough about what we go through to say, this is the best way. This is my best. This is what I want for you. This is why I love you. The first repetition that we see in this chapter from Paul is to honor yourself and particularly to honor your body. This passage is particularly talking about uh, sexual promiscuity. And if we got all our information today just from the films and the television and the books and the music that we see and hear, then actually it pushes the lie at us that to be happy, we need to be jumping in and out of bed with people. Or that if you're a virgin and you're in your late teens, then you're a bit weird. That is a lie. It is a lie that is fed to us and that actually we don't need to follow. Do you know, love is not a feeling. We can feel like we're in love, but it's not just a feeling. Love is not just a physical thing. Love is a sacrificial thing. Love is a giving thing. Love is a a laying down yourself for thing. Paul says to this culture where they effectively worshipped sex, he says to this culture where they were being told that that's what you do, keep yourself pure, be different. Don't be drawn along with the crowd. Don't feel that you have to sleep with around. Don't feel that you have to sleep around. Honor your body. Respect yourself. But only give it in sacrifice for the one that you really love. Do you know, a lot of people think that God is against sex. He created it. And he created it to be very good. In, in the Freedom in Christ for Marriage course, There's a line, it says this at the very beginning. It's it's dealing with people who've got issues within their marriage. And it says at the beginning that great sex does not make a great marriage. But a great marriage will include great sex. Learn to appreciate your body. Give dignity to it. Do not misuse what God has given us. This is what Paul's saying. And then he says, we've told you this before. We've told you what's best for your emotional life. We've told you what's best for your mental health. We've told you what's best for your physical health. We've told you what's best for your well-being. Don't keep giving it away. Don't keep just giving yourself to the next person. Don't believe the lie that you can do whatever just feels good at the time. Because ultimately... That isn't God's best. Keep yourself. And if you haven't done that up till now, this isn't a guilt trip. You can start today. You can start today and say, God, I'm going to give myself to you and I'm going to keep myself for the person that I'm going to be with. Honour yourself. That's what Paul says to the Thessalonian church. Honour your body. Honour yourself. 
He goes on to say this in verses 6 to 8. Don't run roughshod over the concerns of your brothers and sisters. Their concerns are God's concerns, and he will take care of them. We've warned you about this before. We've said it before. Repetition. We've told you before. God hasn't invited us into a disorderly, unkempt life, but into something holy and beautiful. Let's just say that again. God has not invited us into a disorderly, unkempt life, but into something holy and beautiful. As beautiful on the inside as the outside. If you disregard this advice, you're not offending your neighbours, you're rejecting God, who is making you a gift of his Holy Spirit. You know, Paul says we need to do this. I've told you before. I'll tell you again. God's told you before. He'll tell you again. If you reject some of this advice that comes from God's word, you're not rejecting me or Paul or anyone else. You're rejecting God himself. Because God says, I know what's best for you. I love you. So first of all, we honor ourselves. And then it says we honor one another. We look after one another. Don't ride roughshod. One way of looking at this passage is to be sensitive to the situations of your neighbors. I've already said that in the NIV particularly, this passage is specifically about harming or cheating other people because of the desires for sex and lust. And people, I haven't often talked about that in church. Maybe you're watching this this morning and it's not something you've heard of talked about in church. But actually that's wrong because God wants us to be aware of what's right and what's wrong. But actually this passage in Thessalonians is wider than that. It's not just about sexual lust and, and cheating on one another. It's about not gossiping about people. Don't slag off your husband or your wife. Don't, don't t- talk to everyone else about them so that they don't honor them. Honor others. Don't ride roughshod over them. It's not looking at other people's wives or partners in a lustful way. God hasn't invited us into a disorderly, unkempt life, but into something holy and beautiful. God wants to create something holy and beautiful, both on the inside and on the outside. Don't disregard others' feelings or thoughts. They hurt too. They hurt too. So often, we worship at the altar of self. We worship at the altar of me. What about me? What about what I want? What about my needs? What about how I feel? God has called us to be holy and obedient. Holy and obedient. And with that, when we are holy and obedient, comes beauty on the inside and on the out. So let me ask you a question this morning. And I'm asking the same question to me. What has God been repeating to you? What has God told you before? And he'll tell you again and he'll tell you again. What is he repeating to you? As you watch the services, as you read your Bible, as you listen in stillness, what has he been repeating to you? What does he keep calling you to be obedient in? What is he reminding you of and saying it's not the best way or keep going that way? What has he been saying? This week uh, in our house, and actually the last few weeks, I've been reminded of the Monty Python sketch about the argument, okay? I love that sketch. If you've never seen it, go on YouTube and type the argument sketch. Uh, And John Cleese and I think it's John Cleese and Michael Palin. And basically, um, 
the first thing that's been said is he walks into the room and says, is this the right place for an argument? And John Cleese's response is, I've told you once. And it's just that I've told you once, I've told you again, I've told you time and time again. I was reminded of Allo Allo as well, you know, listen very carefully. I shall say this only once. Okay, there you go, Ian Salter, that's for you. I shall say this only once. Do you know, we have a God who doesn't just say it once and leave us. We have a God who loves us and he keeps saying, come on, I've told you once. I've told you once. Don't argue with me. Don't, don't just contradict me. I've told you once. Be holy. Be obedient. Be wholly obedient. If we disregard this human advice that we read, then it's God that we reject. Where are we rejecting God's rule in our life? Where are we saying, where are we pushing back against God? Where are we saying, you can have this, but not this? Where are we needing repetition to get the message through? Well, don't plod through life spiritually, but worship, rejoice, and dance upon injustice. The delirious song that says we will dance upon injustice. It's awful when we see the injustice in the world, but as Christians, we're called to dance upon it and say, actually, no, I'm gonna stamp it down. I'm gonna stamp it down. The God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath his feet. 1 Thessalonians 4 goes on to say this, verses nine and 10. Regarding life together and getting along with each other, You don't need me to tell you what to do. Can you see this language again? I've told you once. You don't need me to tell you again. You don't need me to tell you what to do in order to get along. You are God taught in these manners. Just love one another. It's that simple, as the meerkats would say. Simples. Just love one another. You don't need me to tell you what to do. Just love one another one another. Nike have had that, or Nike, however you want to say it, have had that slogan for years, just do it. That's what the town city of Thessalonica was doing, doing whatever they wanted, whatever they pleased to make them happy. Just do it. God's version is this, just love one another. I've told you before, I'll tell you again, just love one another. Is the message getting through? Love your partner, love your husband, love your friends, love your neighbor, love your enemy. (laughs) Love those who persecute you. Just love one another. You are God taught in these matters. You are already good at it. Your friends all over the province of Macedonia are are the evidence. Keep it up. Get better and better at it. And how do we get better at it? By repeating it. How do we get better at something? By practice. Wayne Rooney, Cristiano Ronaldo, David Beckham, Steven Gerrard, Bruno Fernandes. I've mentioned four Manchester United players. That's a real difficult thing for me to use this morning as a good example. They used to spend hours after everybody else had left practicing free kicks from being young boys, hitting a ball, hitting a ball, hitting a ball, hitting a ball. And what made the difference now? All of that repetition. They got better and better and better so that now whenever they get a free kick, they have got confidence that they're going to score. Just love one another and keep getting better and better at it. How do we get better at it? By repetition. In The Shack, if you've never seen the film The Shack, it's a fantastic film. 
And it's, a, it's a, quite a traumatic storyline. And he needs to forgive somebody who's done something awful. Spoiler alert, sorry. And at first, it's really hard. But as he walks down a mountain, he starts the journey of forgiveness. And it starts with this, I forgive you. I forgive you. And towards the end, we started to say, I forgive you. I forgive you. Just by saying it over and over and thinking about what Jesus has done for him, what God has been doing for him, he says over and over again, we need to forgive. He knows he needs to forgive. You don't need to tell me again, I need to forgive. I know some of the ladies have been reading a book called Forgiving What You Can't Forget. I believe it's very powerful. If that's something you struggle with, Jesus says, just do it and get better at it. It'll be hard at first, but the more you do it, the better you get. The more you do it, the better you get. Love one another. We've said it before, just love one another. Repetition. It's not, I shall say this only once. It's, I'm going to keep saying it. Just love one another. Literally, for God's sake and for your own. The passage finishes with verses 11 to 12. Make it your goal to live a quiet life. Maybe that's the one thing you'll focus on this morning. I'd love a quiet life. Make it your goal to live a quiet life. Minding your own business, that might be hard for some of us, and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. We've told you before. Work hard. Make it your goal to live a quiet life at peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. Why? Because verse 12, then people who are not believers will respect the way you live and you will not need to depend on others, just God. You've heard it before, but a reminder never hurts. Stay calm and mind your own business. That, that could be a mug, couldn't it? Keep calm and mind your own business. Do your own job. Focus on the planks in our own eyes. Focus on the planks that are getting in our way rather than removing the specks out of others. Comparison and competition can be really unhealthy issues. You need to just stay in your own lane sometimes. You need to stay focused and on track. You need to keep your own eyes on your own path. You need to keep your eyes on the way he's put for you, the obstacles that you've been given. Don't worry about the fact that somebody else's lane looks clear. Don't worry about the fact that somebody else's lane looks straighter than yours, that somebody else's lane hasn't got the ups and downs. Keep your eyes on him. Live in a way that commands the respect of those who aren't believers. There's a challenge. How do we do it? Just love one another. That's how Jesus said, that's how we did. Barry Woodward has massive respect. Why? Because he's no longer an addict. Because he's no longer a prisoner. He is clean. He lives 100% for the God who has picked him up off the floor and put him where he is. But don't sit there today comparing yourself to where he is now. You don't know the journey he went on to get to that place. You don't know the journey he's been through. You don't know the ups and the downs on the way. Just love God. Love one another. And honour your own body. And keep getting better at it. There's the message today as we finish. Love God. Love one another. And honour your own body. And keep getting better at it. And how do we do that? By repetition. Not plodding, not just out of habit and obligation, 
but remembering to be still and to worship the God who keeps on telling you over and over again, who repeats it over and over again, you are loved. You are worth it. You are worth dying for. Our response, to be holy and obedient. To be wholly obedient. You were worth it 2,000 or so years ago, and you are still worth it now. But just as Paul started by urging the Thessalonians, I want to urge you today, be wholly obedient, love one another, love God, and honour your own body, and start today. There's no time to lose. Don't have to have the message repeated over and over again before you make a start. Start today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can call you Father. We thank you that you are a good Father, that you know just where we are and you know just what we need. And Father, I pray for anyone watching this this morning. I pray, Lord, that they will know that your word to them is to just love one another and to get better by repeating the process. To love ourselves, to love our, en- to love our enemies, to love our neighbours, to love our families, to love our friends, but most of all, to love God with all our heart, mind and soul. Father, I pray for anyone this morning who's hurting. I pray for anybody who just feels they're not good enough. I pray for anybody who thinks they can never get there. Father, don't let them compare their journey to somebody else's. Don't let them look at somebody where somebody else is and think they should be there. But let them just know that they need to be in your presence daily. Father, I pray that your word will go deep and that we will be challenged and changed today by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.